you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. NFL Total Access is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. It's Wednesday, January 17th, and you are listening to NFL Total Access, the podcast. That is the voice of today's special guest, a voice of expertise, a voice of reason. A man who was the first overall, the first ever pick of an NFL franchise. That franchise, the then fledgling and often floundering and now fascinating Houston Texans. This man played 10 years in the NFL, four teams, a couple of playoff runs, and one Super Bowl run. This man is David Carr. Welcome back to the pod, DC. Thank you, Drew. Appreciate it. I'm your host, NFL Network senior writer Andrew Levy, and on today's show, Foresight. Yesterday, it was hindsight. We looked back to the three AFC games in the Super Wild Card round. Today, we look ahead to the two divisional round matchups in the AFC. Make a note, we haven't ignored the NFC, or at least we will stop ignoring them tomorrow on the podcast when Super Bowl champion Michael Robinson will do the honors on the NFC side of the bracket. And coming up later today, David, I do want to hear your thoughts on a couple of NFC teams of real interest. Uh, days of reckoning. Mm -hmm. They may prove to be what we saw this past weekend for the Eagles and Cowboys. Let's talk about that in a moment. But first, let's start in an AFC frame of mind, beginning with this. And that's it. Domination to the divisional round. The Houston Texans take apart Cleveland. 45-14. As the sensational season continues, the greatest playoff performance in Texans history just took place before our eyes. Okay, David, the aforementioned and thoroughly enjoyable Houston Texans with a rookie head coach, a rookie offensive coordinator, and yes, a rookie quarterback now wake the AFC top seed Ravens from their bye week slumber. Let's talk Texans Ravens. This is the 4:30 Eastern Standard Time on Saturday. Baltimore Ravens a 9-point favorite. You were on a 2008 New York Giants team that had a first-round bye Mm -hmm. and then lost to the Eagles in the divisional round. What happened to you guys, and what is the key to the Ravens avoiding a similar fate? It's a real thing, you know, ring rust or, you know, taking that week off. Football is such a game of momentum and and routine, and you get into, like, this mode of, like, where where Buffalo is and – you know, where Kansas City is trying to get, and, and you've played good football, so you just go right back into the prep, like Monday. Like, okay, we watched the film. Who's the next opponent? Boom, let's go. And when you take the week off, there's like this weird thing that happens where you kind of, it snaps you out of that mode a little bit, and mentally you have to try to stay in it. And that's where good coaches come in, and that's where, you know, Harbaugh's going to earn his paycheck because that's, that's what it's all about. And it's a battle, man. Like, it's really hard to do. Like, we've seen guys royally screw it up and I don't think that we even like when I remember that game um I had some family come in the week before and like we kind of we were kind of in chill mode like oh look at us we're great we're the you know we're top seed we got to buy 
and Philly just destroyed us. I mean, they just got after us. It was an ugly game. It was. It was an ugly game. Eli had a couple of picks. Donovan McNabb had a couple of picks. I mean, this they didn't run away with this at all. A yeah. lot of field goals. This was close late. They yep. extended uh, with a couple of touchdowns in the fourth quarter. But I think going into the fourth quarter, it was like, 13 11 or something yeah but weird. all the pressure shifts to the to the main right there to you the go. number one seed or to the bye week team okay right? so the That's answer to the question is obviously don't get complacent john harbaugh you got to earn your check this week but also to make sure that you don't get put in a pressure shifting situation where it's close in the second half it's close in the fourth like quarter because then this yes. week right with green bay it's like green bay's coming in they don't have i mean they're, they're nothing they, to they lose. shouldn't beat us right it's the same it's the same thing it's like we have the bye week they're coming in to play us like there's no way oh, wait a minute it's it's tied at halftime yeah or it's now it's a one score game in the fourth quarter all the pressure shifts well to you. i think it's interesting that you bring up the cowboys and the packers because the cowboys were put to the sword by the Packers in the end, and it God, it happened pretty early in that mm-hmm. game. But part of Cowboys pressure, I should think, is the fact that for 27 years, now 28 years, this team has floundered in the playoffs. Yeah. Well, Baltimore will go into this game maybe not with the same narrative, not as many examples of playoff failure, mm-hmm. but take note, listener, Baltimore has a 2-5 and five record in the postseason since 2014. Yeah. Uh, that's a 286 win percentage. That's sixth worst in the NFL over that span. Their postseason wins since 2014, the wild card round at Tennessee and the wild card round at Pittsburgh, but nothing beyond that. So I think they themselves feel like they probably have a narrative to erase. Yeah. Um, uh, they've been saddled with that they can't win the big games when it matters most. They will be pushed by this Texans team. Let's talk about this Texans team. C.J. Stroud is not just battling the Ravens this week. He's also battling history. He is on an historically significant and incredible run as a rookie quarterback. He had 274 passing yards, three passing touchdowns, zero interceptions in his first career playoff game, making him the fourth rookie quarterback in NFL history to have 250 or more passing yards and three passing touchdowns in a playoff game. Joining Dak Prescott and Brock Purdy, do you know the other? Oh, um... Hall of Famous Sammy Baugh. Uh, slinging Sammy Baugh. <laughs> I should have known. <laughs> that didn't roll off your tongue. No. Uh, Stroud's 157.2 passer rating in the wild card round was the highest by a player in oh his first career playoff game in NFL history. He became the first rookie in NFL history to defeat a Super Bowl winning quarterback, Joe Flacco, in a playoff game. Rookies were 0-5 in such matchups mm. prior to what we saw go down between the Texans and the Browns on what was that Saturday now. Stroud has now passed Justin Herbert for the second most passing yards by a rookie quarterback in NFL history, including playoffs. He's the youngest quarterback in NFL history to start and win a playoff game, breaking Michael Vick's record by 90 days. Uh, Stroud became the first rookie quarterback to beat the number one total defense in the playoffs since 1950. It had never happened before. Well, now he gets the number one scoring defense in the NFL. And I think as a former player, you guys always remind us, you're always like, Levy, don't worry about the yards. It's about it's the points that <laughs> matter. So in points. some ways, he is playing a better defense is, now yeah. than he faced against the Browns. So you talked about his superpower yesterday. Remind us of C.J. Stroud's superpower and why he will have to have the cape on in order to have a chance against this number one scoring defense in Baltimore. 
Yeah, this is this is truly going to test his ability. Um, Baltimore is to to your point. They're I, for my money, they're the best defense in the league. Just because at at every level they're they're strong. There's not like something that you watch on film. If you're Bobby Sloak and you're CJ sitting there and D'Amico, how do we attack this team? You don't necessarily attack Baltimore. You just try to design up plays that are sound. But you got to realize that these guys are going to be you know on your guys. It's going to be tightly contested. You're going to have to make incredible second level throws and be extremely accurate. Fortunately for the Texans, CJ that is his superpower. Is that's what he does. That's what he does, man. Those second-level throws. He's so good at it. Now, remind us, we're looking at, what, 15 to 30, 20 to 30? 25, 20, 30 yards. It's that number two ball. It's not a line drive, but it's got a little bit of pace on it, a a little bit of arc, but it's deadly accurate. You can have a guy right in his face, barreling down on his chest. Doesn't matter. I mean, he's so good at that. And I think that that's going to be, he's going to have to do that 12 to 15 times in this game to win this game. He went back and watched them play week one. It was his first start. He still made some of those throws. It wasn't as close as the Texans wanted, but that team is so different from that team that we saw then. But so is Baltimore. It's going to be really tough for CJ. Like this is this is something where I don't necessarily expect them to run the ball like they did against Cleveland. Like that's going to be a little bit harder. So the play action pass may be a little bit less effective, you know, but he can still do the things that we've seen him be great at. All the reasons that he is good are exactly what you would want. If you want to roll in and and beat a team like Baltimore, the ability that you have to have is exactly what CJ has. So is he capable of doing it? Absolutely. He's going to need everybody that gets on that bus and goes to the stadium with him to do it, but he's absolutely capable of doing it, even at this young age. The Baltimore Ravens are a nine-point favorite. Now, this is a conversation the likes of which we normally have on Friday. You're not subjected to that, and I don't want to embroil you in a conversation about <laughs> lines and odds and betting. That's of course, not at all. However, what that nine points teaches us is that odds makers and most of the experts in the world believe that this will ultimately be a comfortable, small C in quotes, comfortable win for the Ravens. If it is a comfortable win for the Ravens, it will have been because of what? So I think when you look at what Lamar has been able to do this year, as opposed to maybe some of the numbers that we talked about earlier as you were ripping through some of their playoff woes and maybe some things that they have struggled with, this passing game is at another level. And they still have the ability to run the football and from the quarterback position, most notably, to put so much pressure on the defense that they're, I talked about you know not having a lot of answers for maybe you know Josh Allen in the past or some of the things that you see these, these other teams do. There's... Legitimately no answer for what they do with, with Lamar Jackson. He's still probably the most dynamic guy to run with the football at the quarterback position in the league and probably ever. Um, they utilize the RPO game brilliantly. And then the downfield passing game is it's still a work in progress, but it's, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's elite level stuff. They have, they have some burners. They have some guys that can really move and spread the field, and that's kind of what they talked about doing when they made this transition to this new style offense and for it to have taken flight so fast, you know, over the course of one off season to now where Lamar is essentially for my vote, he's the MVP of the league being able to just kind of unlock, talk about that with Josh, unlock this ability. He's always had it, you know? And I think that's what's probably been so frustrating is he's been an MVP before he can throw the ball like this. He can make these second level throws. He's down the field shots, big plays, but he also has the ability in the run game like nobody else. So that's why it looks like it could be a very comfortable 
victory for the Baltimore Ravens because when you look at it on paper, it's it's really tough. Aside from a, I mean, a, an absolutely heroic game by CJ and making those second level tight window throws, maybe even twenty times. I mean, it's it's Baltimore Ravens, man. This is this is a really good football team. This is a team that that beats up on the on the teams that beat people up. Like that's that's how good these guys are. We saw what they did to the Niners. We yeah. saw what they did to the Dolphins. I think that was back to back weeks, or maybe two, yeah, two, two wins so. in yep. three weeks, or whatever it was. We have seen them dominate the best teams in the NFL. No indication that they will struggle against the Texans. But to David's point, the original point, you take that week off. It does weird things it's to your thing. head. It does it's, weird it's things thing to your body. Sure. It does weird things to your team. Uh, this is really where Todd Munkin and yes, John Harbaugh are going to have mm-hmm. to earn their money. Have this team ready right from the off because C.J. Stroud and the boys will not. Uh, they're not going to concede a lot. Now, the one thing I would yeah. suggest, based on your what I'm hearing from you, or infer, not suggest, is that a winning stat line for the Texans would probably involve something like going. 12 of 15 on third down. Oh, yeah. They're like, gonna... they would have to be almost perfect on yeah, third down. not like what the Philadelphia Eagles did the right. other day. Yeah, exactly. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Let's turn now to the second AFC game in the divisional round, Chiefs and Bills. Now, this is on Sunday evening, 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Buffalo Bills, the home favorite by two and a half. The Bills emerge victorious with a 31-17 victory over the Pittsburgh Steelers. They will advance to the divisional round where they will host the Kansas City Chiefs. The topic that kind of jumps off the page at me only because it is something we haven't seen before and it's a little obvious and maybe even a little stale. If so, please forgive me, listener. But the fact is this is Patrick Mahomes' first road playoff game, not at a neutral site. Neutral site being, of course, his Super Bowl competitions. Patrick Mahomes has never played a true road playoff game in his career. And the Kansas City Chiefs are going to win this Super Wild Card weekend game. A 12th playoff win for the Kansas City Chiefs since the 2018 season. As a veteran of the NFL, does that matter? Yeah, it's wild. I, I just think that that's incredible. The type of success that he's had, and he's never had to go on the road in the playoffs, is is wild. It's it's you know it's not something that he's not going to be able to overcome by any stretch of the imagination. It's going to be different though. I mean, every time he's played in the playoffs on his way to the Super Bowl, he's woken up in his bed or at his in his home city and rolled into his home stadium and played the game. And now he's going to wake up in freezing cold Buffalo and have to go out there on the road in a hostile environment and figure it out. And there's going to be things that are difficult, that are more difficult than when you're at home, when it's quiet, when the offense is on the field. Now any communication or anything from the sideline or anything that you try to do, either nonverbal or verbal, from the from the field level is really difficult, especially in a playoff game. Like 
they talk about the speed of the game ramping up, and it does in the playoffs as, a, as well as the Super Bowl. But also the intensity of the fans is it's it's more right. Like you see that be a, an actual issue, you know. So you talk about false. Are starts, the fans so. intense in Buffalo? I never got a sense that they're. I mean, oh, I hold on I mean, a second. Well, if you're a table, yeah. probably yeah. you think right, so. Right. Yeah. So I mean, I think I think that that's it's it's definitely an issue. I think that's why. That's why when you look at this, you would you would probably say, oh, Kansas City on a neutral playing field. You know, Buffalo is a great football team, but Kansas City has the edge and the experience factor. And like they've been here before. But like you put them in Buffalo, like it's a different animal there. You know, and I've, I've played there. I've man, it's it's not easy. You know, and it's going to be freezing again. And like all the things, right? All, <laughs> all the things. The, things. <laughs> the last time these two teams played each other, it was week 14 of this season. Buffalo won that game 20 to 17. How much does that matter? Do yeah. you learn something from that game or do you at least carry either confidence if you're a Bills player and maybe a little bit of a, a little bit of doubt if you're a Chiefs player knowing that hey, the last time we faced these guys, they beat us. Yeah, and that, so I went back and watched that game and then like I had some thoughts after I watched, you know, Buffalo and Kansas City this this last week and so, you know, you start to try to piece things together like where are the teams at and where are they, are they different teams now? Does that not really yeah, matter? Yeah, Buffalo's a better team. Um, but I also think Kansas City has found an identity. So they haven't had the, you know, the the length of the, you know, the, maybe the, the winning streak that Buffalo's been on or, or the confidence maybe that was infused into them by changing play callers. Like they, Buffalo has, they have to have more confidence right now. Um, probably as much as you can possibly have for a football team. You know, that feels like they have figured it out, right? Kansas City is still like, okay, we made some plays in the passing game last week, but was it because they were bringing these extra rushers? Because that's, that's when I look at the game, like I see it, I see it playing out. Like Sean McDermott's going to play a shell coverage. Yes, he's going to force them to run the football, and he's going to force them to make throws within the rhythm and natural processes of the passing game, where Kansas City has struggled this year, right? So they were able to make plays against the Dolphins because they had you know some extra opportunities, right? Pressures, we beat it with the blitz because Pat's great, right? But now the pressure is going to shift to the wide receiving core, to Travis, to these guys in the passing game to, to really be crisp on their routes and really be clean and, and do something that they haven't really done all year. Like, that's where I get nervous for Kansas City. Like, I love the Chiefs. I love Pat. But I think that that's the one thing that I keep going back to is like, man, Buffalo can make you play very crisp football in the passing game. Rasheed Rice has looked the part over the last couple of weeks. He has been an answer, if not the answer, yep. to the big question surrounding this Chiefs offense, which was, what are they going to do about all the drops? Yep. Do they have a wide receiver, one they can trust? Rasheed Rice seems to be the answer to that question. He became the first rookie in NFL history to have eight or more receptions, 130 or more receiving yards in a playoff game. He had eight receptions, 130 yards, and a touchdown. His 130 yards were the fifth most by a KC player in the entire Patrick Mahomes era. Only Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey have ever had more. Mm -hmm. So he is starting to look the part, and maybe he helps quiet some of the Chiefs' nerves with regards to what you're talking about, David, which is sure. we're going to have to be crisp. Well, thank goodness we've got Rasheed Rice uh, looking the part at this critical moment. The last time, don't forget, the last time that Mahomes and Allen faced off in a playoff game was that epic 2021 AFC Divisional Round game in which they combined for seven passing touchdowns, 
zero picks. Remember, that was the KC 42-36 win in overtime. And the indelible image from that game is the forlorn look on the face of Josh Allen, who sat (laughs) on the the sideline knowing, I'm not going to have a chance to get back in this game because uh, Mahomes is about to put this one to bed. And sure enough, he did. And it was so disheartening to all of us watching that the rules were changed uh, after that. Here's a question. This may be a hot take that gets me in in hot water, but I don't care. I believe, and I'm totally sober, listener, when I'm saying this. I believe that Patrick Mahomes is the best running quarterback in the NFL. Now, let me explain. He is about to face a better runner and a bigger man in Josh Allen. Is Josh Allen a better running quarterback than Patrick Mahomes? Well, he certainly looks the part. He's certainly harder to bring down, and he certainly relies on his legs by design more often. Is Lamar Jackson the best running quarterback potentially ever in NFL history? Yes. Michael Vick probably raises an eyebrow, but yes, he is. For my money, however, in spite of those two examples, and there are others, when Patrick Mahomes has to run, and decides to run, I have never in 52 years seen a more efficient, a more effective, a better running quarterback than Patrick Mahomes. Am I crazy? The answer can be yes, please. You're not crazy because I think that there's a, there's a thing that we see with quarterbacks in, in passing situations with spatial awareness. And Pat has so much of that, it carries over into the run game. And he's so slow, like that, comparably, <laughs> exactly. you know, to Lamar. That's and right. Tosh. I have just, I have just made that claim about somebody who like, David Carr just, well, just, just go- labeled as so go slow. Go ahead and like Google his forty time. I'm yeah, not even it's not great. It is. It's not great. Okay. So, but he just finds ways to move up the field. Yes, he does. And I think the uh, the cool part about what he does is why he's so good at it is like I remember uh, Steve Young. I, I, he told me one time he's like, you know, you could pump fake like ten yards down the field. The defense is they they will respect it. Right, so then Pat does that stuff. Hold on right? a second, I'm going to interrupt because you know that Steve Young didn't say they will respect it. You, he probably said something oh. like, "They're too stupid to know that he, you're past the line okay, of scrimmage." That's what he said. That's actually he did, what he said. He? They're too stupid. They'll jump and they'll think that you're yes, going to throw. Yes, exactly. It. That's I exactly knew what it. he said. I knew it. Okay? But please so, carry I didn't on with your get anecdote. In trouble, no, but, but that's but you're that's right. What Pat you does. see guys do that down the yeah. field, and you're thinking, "Who is he fooling?" And the answer, he's fooling a couple guys. Yeah, a couple the guys he needs to. Yeah, exactly. Because as a defender, I'm sure I've never been there, but you have to respect like the guys. I don't know where he is. Is he a foot past the line? Is he a yard? I don't know. Yes, yes, but exactly. I have to make a play for it, and that's how that's how he does it. That's why he's so good running the football is because he's he stays a passer, even even to the last second on the sideline. He's a passer, so and he, it doesn't even matter if he's eight yards down the field. I cannot wait to watch this game, listener. I know that everybody listening to this podcast cannot wait to watch this game. It is between the Chiefs and the Buffalo Bills on Sunday evening, six thirty Eastern, in Buffalo at Highmark Stadium. It's going to be cold. It may be snowy. The line is two and a half. The Bills are a favorite. Uh, the Chiefs, though, are feeling better than they have felt in a long, long time. David Carr, I wouldn't be surprised if the Chiefs and Bills game ends how. Oh, my goodness. I think that this is going to be one of those games that we remember for a long time because I think that, you know, they have the history that they had in the playoffs with the the epic game with Josh's face indefinitely frozen in our brains sitting yes. on the sideline. <laughs> this poor is, kid. This one, yeah, this one's going to be different because now these both these quarterbacks have gone through a little bit more. Yeah. They have a, a little bit more fire to them, and I think this could be, like, something that we get to watch now for the next couple of years. It's just going to turn into, like, one of these Brady-Manning-type things where it's going to be like, you have to watch this. I'm sorry, Mahomes and Allen are playing again? You have to watch this game because they, they have the ability to make these incredibly athletic plays that no one in the history of football has ever been able to make. But then, at the same time, both of these coordinators and play callers are are – 
have dialed in something with both these guys where they can they can play efficient also. So I think that you're going to get good football, which is, you know, for me, a Tom Coughlin disciple like that for me is great because I know you're going to get, you know, you're going to get points. You're going to get sound football from these guys, but then you're going to also get the hero plays too. And that's like, it's the best of football world that you can get. So uh, translation, this game is not just Chiefs versus Bills. Yes, it's also Patrick Mahomes versus Josh Allen, but the other layer, uh, this is Andy Reid against Joe Brady. And we cannot wait to see how these game plans unfold. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. You are listening to NFL Total Access, the podcast. Andrew Levy with the Super Bowl champion, the former number one overall pick, David Carr. And David, before you go, uh, I cannot let you go without asking you about a couple of NFC East teams that crashed unceremoniously out of the playoffs. We saw it happen. Uh, The Eagles were run uh, by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Cowboys were run by, yes, the Green Bay Packers. They made it look a little bit respectable at the end, but that game was really never close. I'm less interested to hear your answer to the question, what happened? Because we all saw what happened. Mm-hmm. They were the they were beaten by better teams on the day. Yep. And I think that is a credit to the Bucks and it's a credit to the Packers, and let's not forget to make these stories about the winning teams. That's right. It's not an Eagles story. It's not a Cowboys story. It's a Bucks story. They won it, damn it, and they're still in the tournament. It's Love a it. Packers story. They won it, damn it, and they're still in the tournament, and they have a chance. Both of those teams have a chance to do something memorable, to do something great that will define their careers and define their franchises. However, you cannot avoid these questions about, well, what the hell, man? What, what's mm-hmm. the next best move for the Philadelphia Eagles? What's the next best move for the Dallas Cowboys? The answer to the layperson usually involves general managers. It involves head coaches. It involves quarterbacks. Let's take the Cowboys first. What's yeah. the next best move for the Dallas Cowboys? Well, I love the way that you laid that out because it's not about who's to blame. It's, it's how do we fix this? Like, how do we get to the level that the Green Bay Packers are on? Like, they clearly should not have been able to walk in here and beat us the way that they did. But they did. Why? Okay, is the quarterback better? No, the quarterback, if you put Dak on the Green Bay Packers team, the same result happens. I, I think believe. that's very interesting to hear. Yeah. If you put Dak Prescott on the Green Bay Packers, the same result. Same result. Interesting. Yeah, it, it's, it's the same score to me. And I think that, so that's where, if you're Jerry Okay, Jones, so that tells me that your answer to the question, is Dak elite, is he capable of winning a Super Bowl? The answer to that is yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think he absolutely is. So you have to figure out a way to get him to that level, right? And I think when you look across the league, how are we getting the production that we get from Brock Purdy? Right. The Dallas Cowboys have as talented a roster. They might miss a couple of little components here, but they have a, they have a, a, a roster, at least on the surface. Right. The, the starting 22, if you will, they can compete with those guys. OK, so how do we get all the production out of Brock Purdy? And then and, and even in the in, in the bigger moments. Right. And we can match up against these physical teams. 
how do, how do we get that out of Dak? Well, I think that schematically, we saw it with Mike McCarthy at times during the course of the season where he would st- I would always just kind of mess with him. It's like, oh, he, stuck, he took a step into the future or into the, at least into the present day with some of the schemes that we saw. We saw Brandon Cooks for like two or three weeks show up and he was doing some of these downfield things. You're right. Things. You did call that out, but it was usually with a note of surprise in it your was voice, surprising. Yeah. which suggests to us that doesn't he doesn't live in the future. He doesn't no. live on the edge of modernity, on the edge of innovation, exactly. and you need somebody in that role who does. That's right. It's a copy and paste guy, you know, and that's what we used to talk about when we watch film. Like you can see when guys will steal plays, right? But it doesn't necessarily fit what they do, and they'll get some production out of it. But like guys like Kyle or Lafleur or even like Mike, even though they didn't finish the way they wanted with the Dolphins, like they're at the cutting edge. People are stealing stuff from them. So like if you're not one of those guys, you talk about the Cowboys. Like, I mean, that is the the team that everybody looks at. Like if yes. you're not if you're not in a position, like I heard Mike McCarthy say, well, our guys weren't ready to play. Well, who's Whose fault is that? Like, that's where I have a hard time. Like, I cannot handle when coaches say we weren't ready to play. Like, why not? Like, this is in the wild card round. This is, are you kidding me? Like, why? What else were you preparing for? You know, like, I don't understand that, man. Like, that would be for me. If I was Jerry Jones, that it'd already be over. That may be a lack of creativity on the verbal front. Uh, I'm with him. I don't want to bash him. But, but, but it it may actually reveal a lack of creativity, period, uh, in terms of the game scheme, in terms of the game plan front. And that may be the issue. Okay. So if you're choosing. Dak stays and maybe Mike McCarthy doesn't. Yeah, yeah, he does. I think that Mike is he's a he's a fine football coach and like I don't want to sit here and like again. We don't put people out of a job, but no, there are but hard I, decisions I, to be made in Dallas. Win a Super Bowl. And and head coach may be the first of those decisions. If, if you like okay, how do we get from being a great offense and a you know a great team on paper or even a, a good enough team to have a home playoff game, you know, how do we get from that to to winning Super Bowls. And I think that that is the first thing that I look at because I believe that Dak is good enough to do it. I've, I just really do. I think that he has all the tan- intangibles. I think that I think he's a clutch quarterback. I think that, unfortunately, anything that he's done negatively in those moments where he hasn't had the success that he wants, I don't think it's on him. I don't because I, I've seen him make some clutch plays. I've seen him show up in those moments. The reason that he doesn't is is not it's not really him. It's it's being put in position to where you don't have to make it's a it's a smaller version of what they've asked Josh um, Allen to do over the last couple of years. Make every play yourself. It's the drop back quarterback version of that in Dallas. It's like, well, Dak has to make every read, every throw like there's no gimme offense with Dallas. Like when you watch all these other teams, you're like, oh. 30% of that offensive game plan was just handed to the quarterback. Yeah. There's none of that with yeah. the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. Every play that he has to make, he's asked to make. Like, there's nothing that's just given to him. Do the harder stuff better yeah. by making it easier exactly. on your quarterback. Yep. Okay, a couple, um, uh, just a minute on the Philadelphia Eagles because the same questions are being asked of the Philadelphia Eagles. What in the hell happened here? We saw them sit at 10-1 and one on December 3rd. They lose six of seven games. They are out. They are licking their wounds. Jason Kelsey has announced his retirement. This will be a very different Philadelphia Eagles team next year. That seems guaranteed. How different will it be? Because the questions are being asked of Nick Sirianni. They are being asked of Jalen Hurts. Mm -hmm. Who should they be asked of? Is it Howie Roseman? Uh, Who is responsible for the next best step and what is that next best well, step i'll just tell you quickly like the course of that whole season happened exactly like this so they start 10 and 1 i really believe like you watched even when they played san francisco through the first quarter and a half san francisco was playing them like their first 11 opponents like they they were like is jalen gonna run is he gonna do some of the things we've seen on film yeah we're respecting like, let's what respect we think this guy. is coming yeah and, and it, it never, never showed up yep. and so like teams got 12 games into the season and they're like 
well, screw it. These guys aren't going to do that. Like, let's just let's just play them straight up. Like, they're going to be a drop back pass team. They're not as dynamic in the scheme calling. Like, that's just what happened. And then the entire league said, we're just going to pile on. Like, everyone play the same. Make them throw, make them throw it down the field. You know, do what you can to double AJ. There's not going to be anything creatively coming from the running game position or the quarterback position in the running game. And it was it was a lot of the same for the last month and a half. And unfortunately, teams just kept hitting the copy and paste button. We're going to do the same thing because there's nothing that's threatening about this team at all. Like you just watched the Colts play this year. You saw a threatening passing attack from Gardner Minshew. Like, what are you, what are you doing? The RPO game, like everything. Like, this is Shane Steichen, yes. right? Yes. And that's what was missing because that's what Philly did last year. They were just they they would destroy teams in the RPO game. You know, with Jalen's ability to run and the quick throws to the tight end, AJ making his plays and Devon, like it was, it was impossible to stop. Okay, so we all, we often hear. So where did that go? People right? talk about it's go? not the X's and O's, it's the Jimmys and Joes. However, in this case, I'm kind of inferring from what you're saying that the Jimmys and Joes may be there. Jalen may be the guy if he's healthy yeah. and can run, and you're willing to allow him to do that. A.J. Brown, for all the theatrics, may be the right guy. Uh, the O-line, they're going to be able to replace Jason Kelsey, not like for light because no one is like Jason Kelsey, but they're going to find somebody to put in that position, and they can be a dominant O-line. Again, DeAndre Swift has all the powers Absolutely. to be an RB1 in this league. Uh, Dallas Goddard, all of these guys have what it takes so they have the Jimmys and Joes, but yeah. they may not have the right X's and O's. Is they don't, that what, I'm, what I gather? Yeah, it's, it's the Jimmys and the Joes if the X's and the O's are, are similar. Are, are, if, you're, if it's a fair fight. Yes. Like if I have all the pieces, then okay, yes. But if I, mean, if, I have, if I have disadvantages in the scheme, then it doesn't matter who your players are. Like, that's why we see players bounce around and they're successful somewhere, and then they're not successful somewhere. They're like, well, why is that? It's the same player. It's like, well, it, not, it is, but it's a different... It's a different world. Is Jalen Hurts the starting quarterback in the 2024 campaign? Absolutely. Should he be? Absolutely. Is Nick Sirianni the head coach in the 2024 campaign? Nick is going to have to figure out why he was hired and and fix it. And he's going to have to convince Howie Roseman and all the guys upstairs that he's the guy that can turn this around by making some changes. Maybe he has to make some hard decisions from an offensive staff. But he, Nick's been in this world too. Like Nick's come from this this world where Shane came from. Like, take take the bull by the horns, man. Like, your quarterback for him to be successful. I'll just say this: Jalen Hurts has to be involved in the run game, or they will never be successful to the level that they want to be successful. And it's not even like I'm saying something crazy. Like that's what made them so good. Correct. That's why AJ Brown got one on ones. It's because they it's, had it's to. Why, it's why he was the it's actual math. MVP of the regular season it's last year, math. not Patrick it's Mahomes. So easy. And yet he didn't win it. It's because of that. It's because of that. And I, I have people that aren't even Philly fans. You understand what happens, though? People sign somebody to a long-term deal. They want to protect their investment. They want to protect their guy, especially with, if he's not 100%. They want to protect so many him during the season. Cam, Colin Kaepernick, yes. I've seen it happen with so many quarterbacks. Of course. It drives me crazy. Let it's them like, do I what get they it, do like, best. But just let them be great for eight years. Like who need, or, or average for 15. What do you want? Do you want to be great, have a chance to win a Super Bowl or two? Or do you want to just kind of be a guy that, oh, we got to keep him around for an extra five years? I'll take great for eight Thank weeks you. if you offer it to me right now. Man, let's do it. 
I want to thank today's very special guest, David Carr. David, thank you so much for your thank time you and too. your thoughts on this. Uh, you're moving the needle with me, and that's all I can ask. Thank you so much. Well, I want to invite the listener to join us tomorrow morning when Michael Robinson will be in the chair. We will do the same exercise with him. We will look back to what happened in the Super Wildcard weekend on the NFC side, and then we will look ahead to the two NFC divisional round games, games of real interest, of real consequence, and no one is safe, not even you, San Francisco. We'll explain tomorrow. Till then, ciao for now. NFL Total Access is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower... 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.